Welcome back to the 12-Sided Guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Joff. Hey, that's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, as the guy that got whooped last session by Handsome Squidward. That's right. If any of you were surprised by those shenanigans, you're not alone. Anyway, you can keep up to date with all of our other shenanigans by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. That's one, two-sided guys. You can see character sheets, a wiki, maps, and bonus episodes. Also, when you become a patron, you might just get an extra little treat from us, Winky Face. And thanks to everyone that has left a review. It literally takes two minutes and it helps us out a ton. Anyway, if you've ever used Dracula's ribcage to shield yourself from bone-chucking skeletons, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 34. Right, so Pine and Ebby, as they are kind of rushing to Nari's aid after um, escaping from the gala, you can see that Pine has a small scrap of paper as he's going, and he's um, quickly trying to draft a report to send to Kira, kind of in- intending to send this via the sending stone that they have. Hmm, let's see, how to begin. Dearest Kira, we have succeeded. Through cunning and ruse, we were able to infiltrate the gala at Eberly Manor. Joff caused a distraction and got Alia Brava's attention, buying time for Ebby to use his magics to first gain her full compliance, then put her into a death-like slumber. Then our new ally, Thilo, got her outside without raising much of an alarm. Finally, we made our escape without drawing too much attention to ourselves either. Meanwhile, Nor reacted on the information you sent about the other Fallen Heaven's cell and pursued them into the catacombs. Kira... Their plan was to blow up the entire building. Servants, guests, innocents, and all. Nari let us know that she found some kind of explosive, a massive crystal, directly under the manor. I understand that there were some high-profile targets in there, but this was criminally excessive. Nari and another member of the Wilted Rose, Sir Bordemus, tried to reason with them, but ultimately it came to blows. Weakened from encounters with restless dead during their journey, the fight nearly turned deadly for Nari, But together, she and Bortimus prevailed in subduing the cell and capturing two of the members, including the leader. We rush to their aid now, and we'll have further report once we've gotten clear of Eberly Manor and its environs. Your friend in the cause, ever a brother in arms against tyranny, etc., etc., Pine. Hmm, how is that? Lords and ladies, that's much too long. What am I limited to? Twenty-five words. How can anyone say anything important in so few words? Let's see. What if I end with simply your friend in the cars, Pine? How many is that? One, two. That's still six words. Holy smokes. Cutting down this message is going to take me all night. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so what's the plan? Okay, so we have uh, Nari stuck in the catacombs. Well, not necessarily stuck, but she's down there with Bordemus, a giant explosive crystal, um, a uh, fallen heaven cell leader who is unconscious as well as one other fallen heaven soldier who's unconscious while philo is somewhere you hope back in the carriage with alia brava so as the boys ebby and joff and pine are leaving eberly manor what's kind of the plan 
Mm, well, I think just try to follow the path that they blazed and just try to get down to them as quickly as possible, right? Yeah, I think so. Joff will stay in the wagon with Aaliyah while the others go down there. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I think that hopefully not too many um, undead have been able to respawn since they kind of yeah, cleared that path. So we're going to kind of jump ahead. Okay. Um, here's what we'll say. Ebby and Pine, you rush back out to Eberly uh, Park to the um, shed and head back down into the catacombs following by memory as well as being able to talk to Nari which path, which path to follow. And you two managed to get down into the chamber where Nari is with um, Bornemis and the two Fallen Heaven unconscious uh, uh, cell members. Um, as you get down there, you see there's also two dead uh, Fallen Heaven soldiers. And Joff, you get back to the carriage where you see Thilo um, is, he is inside the carriage with all the curtains drawn, no lights on or anything. And Aaliyah Brava is literally laying in the middle of the carriage looking dead as a doornail. Thilo looks so nervous. In fact, you can see he's like sweating. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, while, while Pine and Ebby and Nari and Bordemus are trying to decide what to do down in the catacombs, Joff, you're kind of in charge now up here with the carriage. What are you going to do? Um, yeah. So Joff, Joff will make sure that the, um, that she's tied up well and he'll actually, mo- um, he'll move the, the wagon to another part of the city and send a message via squire to let the others know where he's gone. Cause I, I don't want to be too close to Everly Manor um, anymore. As long as you stay within a mile, right? It's a mile radius. Yeah, it's a, a mile. mile. Yeah. Yeah. So I figure maybe, maybe I'll just go to um, the, go to the temple of Eridos and uh, park over there. All right. So Joff, you get up on the front of the carriage and you start to direct the carriage through the streets. It is, um, I mean, it's getting late. It's probably at this point like 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. Um, and there are still party goers in the streets drinking. I mean, it's raining, not super hard, but people don't seem to, to uh, mind. There's uh, a lot of partying still going on in the city of Arkleby. So getting to the Temple of Erdos takes some time, uh, but you managed to get there. Um, now, uh, Nari, Ebi, and Pine, what is your guys' plan down there in the catacombs? Well, I'm certainly glad to see you, Ebby. I appreciate you guys coming to help. And Pine. You appreciate Pine coming oh, too, right? Pine. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Happy to help. So these two wouldn't uh, wouldn't cooperate, I assume, pointing to the two dead bodies. Um, no, they were quite insistent on blowing this place to shreds. Um, this, this one right here, and Nari will kind of gesture to the woman, uh, she, she seems to be in charge. I'm not quite sure what we want to do with the other one, but we should, sh- we should take her for sure with us. Paul, would I recognize her? Um, yeah, you, you would recognize her from the baths. I think everybody recognizes her from the baths. Um, she's seen me naked. <laughs> oh, well, there is no judgment on that part. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so just a quick reminder of uh, what it's like down here. There are sarcophagi all along the walls. There's actually these big supporting pillars in the middle of the room. And this um, large red crystal um, with like a uh, a weird contraption, a metal like tube with some like um, almost like, uh, I mean, 
we know that they're like dials and buttons are on it, but you guys have never necessarily seen anything like this. It is hooked up to like a, a cable that kind of plugs into the base of this crystal. And it is up against one of these support structures or one of these uh, columns that's holding up the roof. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know what kind of knowledge you guys have about, you know, masonry and uh, building code. But you imagine if one of these pillars came down, it's probably a very um, important pillar to support um, everything up above, which, if it's Everly Manor, would bring the whole building down. Yes, well, um, Pine is actually a level six uh, structural engineer. So, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you respect. You respect in between sessions. <laughs> yes, now I'm a structural, engin- structure, <laughs> structural engineer. I'm a level seven vice president. Thanks, Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's what's the plan? Oh, well, we have sarcophagi down here. I'm thinking dead bodies go in the sarcophagi. Just double them up. That seems like a good plan. When, when Nari, when you said that, you know, that, that people weren't cooperating, Bordemus looks a little bit ashamed at the one that he just literally just butchered before any talking was done. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that, but like he just ran in and just killed a guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you guys managed to get a lid off of one of the sarcophagi. It's got some bones and things in there already, but you can put these two dead bodies in there. Not a problem. Cool. And how big is this explosive crystal? Um, so if you recall from your session zero, Matt, your the crystal that you had there was large. It was bigger than you. It's probably like a seven or eight foot tall crystal, if I recall correctly. This is smaller. This is maybe about four feet tall um, by about like... Um, I don't know, from side to side, um, width-wise, it's probably about uh, two and a half feet wide. um, And it's kind of circular, um, but it's up on, it's like set up on end. It looks like there's like a little metal, almost like a dish that the crystal is resting in. Um, Does it look like it's active? You can make an, uh, an arcana or a nature check. All right, Nari rolled a 12. Um, you, so in dealing with another red crystal that you have, you have your sending stone, you know, that when it's active, it kind of glows. This crystal looks dull. So either it's, uh, it's not charged up or it's just not turned on. You're not exactly sure how that all works, but you assume that right now it's not ready to blow. All right. Well, I'd rather not waste time dealing with that if it's not much of a threat and get us out of here quickly. I, I don't think that we should leave it here just in case, though. Perhaps, is it, could we take it with us? I think it'd be pretty conspicuous, but I, I agree. I don't think we should leave it here. Yeah. Maybe we can take it further down the catacombs. Bordemus says we could hide it in one of these sarcophagi like we did with the dead bodies. Thinking back to the path we we trod to get here, would there be any chamber that maybe is a little more out of the way? Maybe a sarcophagus off by itself, less likely to like, because this one's pretty close to like Eberly Manor. So there's potential for people to come down here, stumble upon stuff. But could we like on our way back out, would there be a sarcophagus that would be a little bit more secluded, less likely to be pillaged? Yeah, I mean, there's that um, there's that one room that has sarcophagi that's now choked full of roots and vegetation um, right underneath the park. That would be a possibility. Yeah, if we left it there, we would know where it is, too. And we could come back and get it if we ever needed a massive explosion. That sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Just be careful moving it. <laughs> so I guess each one of us has taken something, right? We got we got two unconscious people and a crystal explosive. 
So Bordemus and Nari are the two strongest, I do believe. So Bordemus offers to carry one of the bodies. Yeah, Nari will grab the uh, the fallen soldier and just kind of sling him over her shoulder. Okay, and then Bordemus will grab uh, the um, the female uh, cell leader. And Abby, do you want to help me carry this? Because I'm I'm old and feeble, you know. <laughs> yes, I think that's a great idea. Let's let's both work on this one. Abby, you're not supposed to agree with them. <laughs> Pine has lean, wiry muscle, not like big bulk, like, you know, what's that? Lots of fast twitch fibers. Yes, fast, yeah. fast twitch fibers. Or slow twitch fibers. Sorry, slow twitch fibers. Or wait, no, I can't remember. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> anyway. a medical professional, deals with the body every day. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so, Ebby and Pine, you guys go to lift up this crystal, and it's surprisingly light. One of you can take it on your own, no problem. It probably weighs total about 30 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, it seems abnormally light. I'll take it then. And you can see as you pick it, you're picking up, okay, as you pick it up, Pine, you can see that there, there, there's this, like, cable that kind of uh, connects the, the, like, the, the rod that attaches into the crystal. Um, and it starts to kind of pull out. So you can actually pull that part out as well if you want to. So you're not dragging it through the uh, catacombs. Sure. All right. And boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to roll up three new characters right now. Uh, <laughs> Bordemus survives. Um, okay, uh, so you guys then take this stuff out of the catacombs, except for the crystal. You're going to then leave that. Um, somewhere hidden in the um, in the sarcophagi, in the kind of the we'll call that like the uh, the root cellar. You want to want to call it that now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there that's a good go. one. Cool. All right. Okay. You guys get back to the um, to the root cellar, and you manage this time, um, Ebby, with some help. You managed to get one of the lids of the sarcophagi off. Um, I was going to mention one thing that was kind of interesting as you guys were putting the two dead fallen heaven soldiers into one of the sarcophagi, you couldn't help but notice that one of their fingers started to twitch, almost like possibly Gadaver's touch um, or Gadaver's touch has already started to take hold of these two dead bodies. Um, and as you guys, uh, you put the lid back on and there's no, there's no issue. But as you guys are going back through the, uh, through the catacombs, you do encounter a couple more skeletons and maybe a zombie or two. You quickly dispatch them, um, but you are able to get back to the root cellar and this time, Ebby, with some help, you get one of the lids of the sarcophagi off that you couldn't get off before. And you um, you see that there is room in there for the crystal. So what all are you going to put into the uh, sarcophagus? Um, well, I suppose the whole contraption, right? Should we separate the sort of metal part from the actual crystal? Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. Yes, yeah, so let's take the detonator with us. Yeah. I, I I don't want to assume anything, um, but the the actual the rod and conduit type thing that's actually small enough to snake up. You could probably just stuff that into the haversack, no problem. Yeah, once you said that that that, that was starting to come off, I was planning to separate them anyway. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do that. And then you guys are able to um, sneak back up out uh, through the uh, the choked hallway full of roots and. Uh, and vegetation and get back up into Eberly Park. Um, by now, you guys have gotten the message that Joff has moved the carriage and he is now over by the Temple of Erdos. Um, as you guys get out into the park, it is late, but you can see that there are people moving through the park. 
it's almost like um, you see like a group of people kind of walking along and then like one of the friends will kind of hide behind a tree and then jump out and then they'll all laugh and and they're all drinking as they're walking along through the park. You know, you see kids are out this late as well, um, you know, and they're all dressed in their spooky getups and they're playing like hide and go seek out here in the in the park. Um, and you guys have two unconscious bodies that you guys are going to now get from the park to um, the Temple of Eridos. Yeah, so as we're carrying them, Pine, is, as soon as he gets too close to anybody, he'll just be like, hey, party too hard, too much to drink. We got to get them home. You know, just offering that information to everybody he passes. Okay. A little too conspicuous. <laughs> it's not too not too difficult to uh, to get out of that one. I mean, there's a lot of drinking going on. You see other people that are passed out here in the park. We'll say you guys get back to that same wall that a couple nights ago you climbed over to leave the park um, over by the Temple of Erdos. Um, and you go over the wall and out in front of the Temple of Erdos, you see a carriage that looks very familiar. Um, Joff, are you sitting at the at the driver's seat? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Joff, you see them coming out of the, uh, out of like a, a side alley, um, hauling these two unconscious bodies. Um, at this point, uh, I, I did some research. It looks like the spell you cast, Feign Death. Yes. Um, lasts an hour. That's right. So at this point, from the time you cast it till now, I would say you probably assume you have between 15 and 20 minutes left of that spell. Okay. okay, so Aaliyah Bravo will be unconscious um, as if she were dead for the next probably 15 minutes. Okay. And then these two, these two that got knocked out are out for hours. Got it. I'll, I'll relay that to the group and just say, you know, we've got about 15 more minutes perhaps until Aaliyah wakes up. Well, shall we have a tying and gagging them party? <laughs> oh, I do so love these tying and gagging parties. <laughs> All right. So you guys kind of secure. Uh, so you guys are there at the carriage. Um, and then um, Joff, uh, Bordemus will actually get up and uh, up in the seat uh, next to you. Um, and he'll say, I can I can drive if you want me to. Um, you are welcome to take the reins. Anywhere in particular you'd like to go? Uh, well, no. Do you have somewhere you'd like to go? Well, I'm sure that I'm sure that the Wilted Rose would like to would like to finish this. I think. I think we should go get her. Is there a safe place that we could take everyone? Yes, I do believe so. Well, lead the way. All right. Okay. Um, he starts driving the carriage. Um, you guys are all in the back of the carriage inside, unless somebody wants to stay up on um, on the uh, front seat with Bordemus to help keep an eye out. I'll sit with Bordemus. I, I won't. I won't go in, inside the carriage. Okay. Um, Philo is sitting inside kind of kind of curled up in a corner, not like comatose or anything, but just very uncomfortable, especially when you bring like those two unconscious bodies in and lay them like stack them like firewood next to Aliyah Brava. Yeah, he gets very uncomfortable with that, but um, he doesn't say anything. Um, the rest of you guys climb into the back of the carriage and as the carriage starts to move, is there anything anybody wants to talk about before you guys get to your destination? Well, I would love to talk about tying her up and gagging her. <laughs> Uh, Aliyah Brava? <laughs> yes, please. I'm pretty sure she's already tied up. You guys can gag her, too. Oh, who tied her um, up? Did we say that already? Uh, Joff, Joff did. did. Oh, oh yeah. never mind. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I missed that. But Joff oh. doesn't have the ball gags anymore. He had to give all those back to uh, to uh, the Howling Talon. That's right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Howling Talon made him use ball gags? You don't yeah, remember? That was... <laughs> Way back in, like, episode five or six? <laughs> that, that was is. standard issue. I mean, that's the equipment they give us. 
Here are your chaps, your belt, ball <laughs> bag. <laughs> exactly. Now that I think about it, leather collar. What yep. is this? And don't forget was... your horse whip. Yep. Uh, latex uh, zippered mask. And they're um, all yeah. only lightly used. Um, I think it was so it was actually episode three I think with the ball gag because I think it was I think it was way back with Gob um, when you guys I think (laughs) did we ball gag or or maybe maybe it was maybe it was episode 11 when you guys ball gagged um, uh, Ramsey Ramsey I think that might be what it was but anyway regardless no more ball gags but you guys were able to get like some um, some like a a handkerchief around her around her head and like uh, in her mouth to keep her to keep her uh you know, if not completely quiet, at least to the point where she's not going to be able to enunciate um, any words or anything. Um, okay. Uh, the carriage moves along and um, Joff, you're up on the seat with Bordemus and he, um, he quietly kind of takes uh, the carriage just slowly um, around. I am going to the Atlas and the wiki that anyone who is a patron uh, can actually have access to as well and follow along with where we're going. If you pay us enough. If you pay us enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's true. It's true. Um, so Bordemus um, drives the carriage very slowly because there's still a lot of party goers out um, this time of night. Uh, he drives it very slowly north uh, along one of the main roads and then he turns east and heads out towards the North Pier Gate. Um, this takes us out onto the pier uh, where, uh, as you recall, this is where the bombing of Arkelvy, the majority of it took place here along the lake called Deep Lake, uh, basically destroying any kind of infrastructure for trade that the uh, city of Arkelvy had. Um, and uh, Nari was here a few days ago um, at, uh, at a place called the Old Customs House. Uh, as the carriage approaches the pier, the, uh, the pier gate, the gate is open and you can see that there are um, the city guards there. They are imperial guards that are guarding this gate, but they just wave the carriage on through. It looks like people are coming and going. It's just kind of a big, uh, um, it's kind of a free night for everything. Um, the carriage moves through onto the pier and then heads south along a waterfront of old, broken, burned up husks of buildings, some standing more than others. And as you guys approach the old customs house, Bordemus pulls to a stop. And he turns to you, Joff. He says, in here, this is where, this is where we've been making our, our, our base. Okay. Joff will nod his head and kind of glance around. Is there anybody like watching us or kind of in the area? Um, as, why don't you make a perception check? Weren't were I rolled a, uh, an eight. Oh, that's pretty brutal. All right. Um, it's hard to tell. You see a lot of people around, um, but they're like out here on the pier. It's not like the same. It seems like it's there's a lot of people just kind of slowly just kind of, you know, uh, hush tones walking along small groups. It's not like the loud singing and going from one bar to the next that is happening inside the main part of the city. Um, you're not sure why, but it seems like there's there are a few people out here, but the revelry is definitely lessened. You can't tell if anyone's looking your direction or not. I mean, it's not it's dark. It's nighttime. Yeah, I'll I'll knock on the on the wagon and and uh, say in coast is clear, guys. We can get out. All right, final step out. Look around. Yeah, likewise for Ebby. Okay. 
Uh, Nari will scoop up Aaliyah Brava and kind of pop her head out and wait until we, we have a good signal to go. Yeah, you guys can see um, here along the uh, the pier, the old customs house. And this is a part of the pier where it kind of narrows down. It's not quite as wide between the city wall and the pier. Um, but there is a big, long dock that heads out uh, into the lake that you uh, are pretty sure large ships used to like uh, anchor up there uh, or tie off to that dock. And the customs house itself is a, a pr- fairly large building. It looks like most of the second and third floor has either fallen in or been cleared away. Um, Nari, you were here not that long ago, um, a couple days ago, um, I believe putting a message in there for, um, a, uh, a fallen, um, lover. Um, but, um, it looks like this building, there's a rubble. You can see that there's a places where the doors are like, um, uh, uh, kind of off their hinges. Um, but you imagine if you climb through the rubble, there might be kind of room on the inside of this old building. Um, you don't hear any noise or see any lights coming from any, anywhere, but um, this is the old customs house. Um, Bordemus says to you, Joff, he says, um, I can I can go hide the carriage somewhere else so that it doesn't look like anyone's here um, if you guys want to unload, unload our passengers. All right, sounds good. Nario sling that sling uh i think she'll sling a leah brava over one shoulder and uh the other soldier over the other and kind of just bring them inside really quick okay joff will grab the feet of the other guy and say mr pine can can you help me with this one yes of course <laughs> it, it seems that neither of us are as strong as as nari over there <laughs> that was never in question <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, as you guys all get out, Thilo kind of takes you to a place along the side of the building where the rubble, it looks like there's a little gap between the rubble and kind of the the uh, the second floor, um, which now acts as a roof. And he actually crawls through the rubble. Um, and then he kind of turns around and calls in and he says, all right, guys, uh, you can put them in here. I'll, I'll help drag them through. Every time you say rubble, I'm, I'm thinking of the Hamburglar. <laughs> awesome all right so you guys are gonna start sliding people into this building um we will say that everybody gets into this building and inside you see there is a small lantern lit low um and nilla is in there sitting by the lantern and she's actually uh, once you guys all start to to filter in, she's actually standing up and helping kind of uh, pull people in and helping kind of clear a little bit of the uh, of the debris um, so that everyone can get in without getting too dirty. Um, and as you guys uh, get in here, um, you guys now have two unconscious fallen heaven operatives. And then you have Aliyah Brava, who kind of starts to um, uh, come to. In fact, her eyes open wide. Um they were already open because she was feigning death, but they open like wide and you can see she starts to struggle against her bonds. Her, um, if as you recall, her lower half as a snake and it starts to whip around back and forth. You guys have managed to like kind of tie her, um, her kind of up, I guess, in kind of like a loop or something. So she can't get her, her bottom half underneath her. Um, and Bordemus, uh, you can hear the carriage uh, driving away. Joff will say to Aaliyah, you know, we, we toasted to old friends, and I'll step aside and and uh, usher Nari in front of Aaliyah. Yeah, and uh, Nari will kind of, um, well, for, she'll just kind of stand up and 
smile and uh, say, hey, Aaliyah, um, I think we have some some questions for you. I hope you're willing to answer them. Her eyes, if possible, get even bigger. Nari will come pull Nilla over, yeah, and yeah. Uh, kind of just allow Nilla to have a say as well. Yeah, Nilla just kind of squats down right by Aaliyah, and then she bends over and starts whispering something in Aaliyah's ear. If anyone wants to try to hear, they can, but Aaliyah does not seem to enjoy what she is hearing. I'll try. Ooh, yes, hear. please. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Perception? Perception, yeah, yes. Pine rolled an 11. Oh, man. Hey! <laughs> Jeff got a 26. Nari rolled a nine. Okay. Ebby got a 15. Okay. So Ebby and Joff, you guys can kind of hear what she's saying. Um, and she's uh, basically, she is saying things like, you were like a sister to me and you betrayed me and you betrayed those who trusted you. And then uh, at one point she like kind of like uh, pulls out a dagger and she starts um, kind of just kind of gently running the blade kind of along her neck, not enough to draw blood or anything. But then she just says, I have waited so long for this position. Um, things like that. Um, okay. So Nilla stands back up and uh, I'm going to leave this up to you. I think Pine, as soon as this is, starts to get going, Pine will look at, look to Philo and he'll say, come on, Michael, let's see if we're, Let's tie up the rest of our guests. Uh, you can see that um, Philo looks very, um, yeah, he nods. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's, um, let's leave them to this. And he goes over to help you tie up the, uh, the Fallen Heaven soldiers. Ebby's going to kind of post up watch by the door and just kind of keep an eye out for activity in the streets. Okay. Are you guys um, good if we kind of loosen her, her gag and uh, ask her some questions? You're in charge of this. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure we think that it's safe as far as where we are. I don't want, um, I mean, I wouldn't imagine anybody would be listening in on the docks, but just in case. Just keep a close eye on her. She's sneaky. Joff will <laughs> kneel down next to her with a sword ready, with his uh, short sword ready in case she makes a movement to cast a spell or something. Okay. Yeah, Nari will also kind of unsling her axe and then kind of pull down um, Aaliyah's gag. And uh, I guess first I just want to ask, why did you do it? She uh, she um, kind of <coughs> coughs and kind of works her jaw a little bit. She says, "You you all are making you're making a huge mistake. This this is not. You guys don't understand. You don't understand." I have been trying, I've been trying to embed myself in high society here in Arkelvy to, to better serve the resistance. That's why I did what I did. That sounds like a lot of bullshit. We don't have a lot of time for bullshit. So we don't really need you. What I did, I did for the resistance. Granted, there there were some casualties. It was a sacrifice that I had to make. Some casualties? Our organization was pretty much wiped out. That seems a bit bigger than some casualties. Tell me exactly what was going on and do not lie. Can I do it like an insight check and see what she's... Yeah. 
Hey, go for it. It looks like everybody else is already making them. Yeah. <laughs> and failing miserably. Oh my gosh. Nari keeps getting that one tonight, so she rolled oh, a six. That's two in a row. Yeah, it is. Uh, bad luck. Man. Well, hey, no, that's no. It means you're getting them out of the way now. It's like yeah. the movie The World According to Garp or whatever, where the plane hits the house and he goes, I'm going to buy this house because what are the chances that another plane will hit this house? <laughs> it's such a good movie. Okay. okay. P- uh, Pine rolled an 18 on Insight as well. Okay. Joff got an 11. Yeah. Uh, Abby got a 15. No, that's a that's a perception. Um, oh, yeah. Abby's, Abby's looking at the street, so he's oh, probably right. not paying too much attention to the interrogation right now. Right. Okay. Um, perfect. So, um, uh, Nari and, uh, Joff, you guys, you can kind of see a little bit of, um, not truth, but a little bit of sense in what she's saying, especially considering you were just dealing with this fallen heaven operative that was doing basically the same thing only on an even bigger scale. Um, but, uh, Pine, you, you can just smell the deception in her voice. You just, you see her eyes flicking to the side. Um, you see these little tells that um, you can tell that she's not being uh, 100% honest. Okay, and, and, and Pine will, will, will say that. He'll speak up and say, be careful. She'll say anything to get out of this. She's not getting out of this. So you better speak truth and, and hope that it ends quickly for you. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? I want to know who you were working for and what your instructions were. I was working for myself. I was looking out for myself. I was tired of always running, always hiding. We weren't making any difference. Nothing we did mattered. The empire is so huge, so vast, so powerful. We were a we were a tick, a tick on the side of, a, of an elk. It didn't matter what we did. And eventually I, I realized that I was tired. I was tired of the deception and the lies and the hiding and the secret meetings in the dark. I was tired. Aren't you tired? She looks at Nilla. She says, aren't you tired? Tired of your bullshit. Hi, oh. I want to know who <laughs> gave you orders. Who were you working with? And if you if you're not willing to tell us, we don't need you. I I turned in the Rose Syndicate. I turned it in to the Imperial authorities here. I even I even had a meeting with the governor, if you must know. But I acted on my own. And what about now? What are you doing now? Who are you working with currently? Now I'm, I'm working with the Empire. I'm working with the Empire to clean up the mess that I created with the Rose Syndicate. So then I can have a free life again. And what were their orders? What are you, what are you instructed to do? To find you. And then she looks at Dilla and you. And she says, and that last one, Ember. And to bring you to justice. You see, I confessed my crimes. And now I have to make amends. So that I can be forgiven. Forgiven by the Empire? But what about those you betrayed? Those I betrayed are dead. They don't matter anymore. 
And I would be dead too if I didn't do what I did. I would be careful the words you choose on this night of all nights. I don't know if you realize we are in a sacred place. This place has become a shrine to the fallen since the bombing of Arkovy. There's a hushed tone here. There's not the revelry here. The dead are honored and remembered here. This is, of all nights, this is not the night. She says, this building still stands as a testament to the power of the empire and why it is so foolish to continue to fight. You can, you can like hear like a, um, almost like a, a break in her voice as you probably get the impression either she's a good liar or she is, she's just tired. Ebby, make a perception check. Ooh, okay. Ebby rolled a 12. Okay. As you're watching out through like some of these cracks in the wall and through the doorway, um, eventually you see sneaking side to side, uh, kind of going from a kind of overturned crate to edge of a building. You see Bordemus uh, comes sneaking back up. He looks left, he looks right, and then he comes straight towards the uh, pile of rubble and he starts to wiggle his way through. Ahem, the pile of debris. Oh, sorry. The pile of debris. Yes. Rubble, rubble. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, Fancifer. <laughs> Fancifer. <laughs> <laughs> he clasps his hand on your shoulder and he says, uh, I always appreciate your words of wisdom. Um, that is a good point. That is a good point. I like to think that um, Pine had mentioned that we should continue to use aliases while we were in the wagon, while we were in the cart, if that's okay. Can we wreck yeah, on that? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, Please. Pine already used Michael to talk to Thilo, so. And Ebby just can't remember Bordemus's name anyway. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who's, who are we talking about? What's his name again? <laughs> he pulls up on his underwear name, uh, underwear waistband. He's like, it's Bordemus. See, and he shows you his, his, uh, his tag on his underwear. Um, <laughs> Okay, so um, he kind of, Fortimus kind of brushes himself off of all this uh, dust and debris and he kind of looks around the room and he sees like the tension Um, and he uh, puts his hand on his sword and he takes a step back and he just starts to kind of listen. Uh, Another thing that he does real quick is he, uh, he's actually going to use his last 10 points of lay on hands and he's going to heal himself. So he is back to, um, back to full hit points. Oh, that's a good point, too. Um, can can Pine have done the same thing for Nari? Um, that's fine by me. Um, Nari, uh, you guys, you can tell him how many hit points you need. Uh, yeah, Nari is still hurting, so I uh, I could use like a lot of hit points. I'll give you 25. <laughs> that sounds great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Nari would kind of turn to Nilla and say, it doesn't seem like either she doesn't know much or she doesn't doesn't want to tell us either way what do you want to do with her it doesn't seem like she was going to be much use to us nilla um is kind of looking at Aaliyah, kind of lost in thought uh she's got like a, a dagger in her hand and she's just kind of like running her running her finger along the blade um and then she kind of looks you in the eye and you can see like uh, a tear in both of her eyes and then she looks down at Aaliyah and then Content warning, she stabs Aaliyah over and over and over again. Brutal. 
I'm going to get a little graphic here. So, you know, warnings. Uh, Aaliyah thrashes and she starts to thrash and there's blood everywhere. And um, eventually she stops thrashing, but Nilla does not stop. And she keeps stabbing and stabbing and stabbing until finally Bordemus comes over and grabs her by the shoulders and pulls her off and says, it's done. It's done. It's done. And he pulls Nilla kind of over to the side and Nilla kind of collapses uh, in his arms. Nario kind of go over and um, just sort of hold Nilla and, you know, I pat her on the back and let her know it's okay. She starts openly sobbing. Right. What's everybody else doing? Joff stands up and kind of offers a concerned glance over at Mr. Pine, but doesn't want to say anything. Okay. I, yeah, Pine catches that, and I think actually Pine will, when when the crowd kind of clears around Aaliyah Brava, he'll go kind of stand over her, and he will say something to the effect of, Aaliyah Brava, you were condemned for treachery, for betraying those who had your trust, and a just punishment has been meted out to you. Rest in peace. After Mr. Pine says that, Joff will whisper to him and say, that easily could have been you or me. We have both betrayed people we love. Have I? I mean, your nation. You're considered by many people to be a traitor to Menarest, aren't you? Well, um, traitor, no. But, you know... Some people call it Pine's Folly, the fall of Red Leaf. I just, I feel like that could have easily been me underneath that blade. And we'll do what we can to make sure it's not. Is this something you fear? Retribution from Howling Talon? No, no, I'm not worried about dying. I just, right and wrong is all just perspective. And I, I just don't know... I guess I'm following you guys to understand it better. What I've found in my life is that most often it's not necessarily a a case of black and white, right or wrong. I know you see all the colors. I said shades of gray, but you see all the colors. (laughs) I think it may be more useful to think of things, not so much good and bad, but honor and dishonor. Virtuous and not virtuous. We have spilled blood. But every time we've spilled blood, I think back to my time on the battlefield. The men that I sent to their deaths in combat. They were there. They were informed. They knew of their duty. It was a sacrifice that they knew was coming. What Leah Brava did, and what these fallen heaven operatives are seeking to do, is to make a sacrifice of the unwilling, of the uninformed, of the purely innocent. Aaliyah Brava for her own selfish gains. And fallen heaven, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It seems they, they want to strike a blow, but at the same time they're, they're seeking to instill terror into the very people they're seeking to liberate. Joff. I, I guess the, what I'm grappling with is that had we been born across a different border of a nation, we'd be standing on different sides of this conflict. 
And if I betrayed the Empire to join you guys, which is basically what I did, I'm hailed as a hero for that, for doing the exact opposite thing that she did. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Nari will kind of pipe up a little bit and say, we're defending our home. That's that's the difference. The Empire is here invading our home and we're we're defending it. And Aaliyah betrayed her trust. She betrayed the trust, not of the Empire, who is foreign to us, but she betrayed the trust of her people and her friends. And she did that for her own comfort. She had other options. The wolf will struggle and die without the pack. She betrayed that basic law of nature, and it has come back to pay her back in full. So we're dealing with Dark Ebby today? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Maybe. All right. Beep boop Uh, wolves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nari would want to kind of look over Leah Brava and see if she has any notes or info or anything kind of suspicious on her at all. Or valuable. Maybe she has anything valuable on her. Or valuable too, yeah. Okay, so Aaliyah Brava <laughs> is wearing like um, she's wearing like a nice uh, dress kind of, uh, but it kind of ends right about. It's like Winnie the Pooh style, you know. It's like there's no bottom to the dress. <laughs> um, it's just how it is with her snake lower half. Um, oh, there's like a little tasteful fringe um, that um, <laughs> kind of uh, delineates where the waistline of the dress is. Um, but she really doesn't have anything on her. You do see that she's wearing a nice necklace. Um, and it is, um, it's got different gems and jewels in it, um, that you imagine could be worth some money. Um, and as you're kind of going over her, you do find tucked into like, um, a, like her, her bodice kind of has a, like a robe kind of one side pulls over in front of the other side, um, and tucked inside there, tucked in like along her kidney on the left side. Um, you feel there's something in there when you pull it out, there is this dagger. Um, and as you kind of look at this dagger and this blade, it, like the light catches it just right. And it seems like the blade has um, almost like a greenish cast to the the metal. Like it's poisoned um, or like it's magic. Uh, well, why don't you um, make an arcana or a nature um, check or just a basic intelligence, whichever you want to do. I got an eight. And eight, uh, you can't tell, but it looks like it's a very nice knife. And something tells you, I don't want this to cut my skin, right? This is not the knife to clean your nails with. Fair enough. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. All right. And then um, Pine, um, you and Thyla were tying up the Fallen Heaven operatives. I didn't even tell you. uh, Obviously, as you were tying them up, there are things on these people that you can take. Yeah. Uh, So um, anyway, so Nari, you can put that you have that uh, the uh, jeweled necklace. Um, if you want to. Cool. Um, and then we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping here while everyone's kind of, there's, believe it or not, in the middle of this, uh, you know, horrible event, there is a little bit of downtime. Um, so, Joff, I don't know if I remember, you remember, I told you oof, weeks ago at this time that I would tell you how much this spellbook was worth when you went and sold Ramsey's <laughs> spellbook. I never told you. Yeah. I have it written down right here. Okay. Um, you managed to sell the spellbook, believe it or not, for, 1,170 gold pieces. Wow. Cha-ching. Yeah. Nice. I'll uh, divide that up to everybody. Okay. So you can do the math on that. It's going to be almost 300 gold pieces per person. What did you say? Um, 1,000? 
1170 is what it was. 1170. Okay. I'll do the math yeah. and message you guys. Perfect. Um, and then, um, but Pine and you and Thilo, as you guys were going over these two Fallen Heaven operatives, one of them is wearing like a, a chain shirt. He's got a shield and spear. I mean, you probably left the spear back in the, in the, uh, the catacombs. Yeah. And the shield. And the shield. Okay. So he's got a, he's got a short sword at his waist. And he's got a chain shirt. It uh, looks like it's seen better days. You find a pouch with about 15 gold pieces in it. Um, and then on the female operative, the cell leader, um, you see that she's wearing leather armor. She's got um, a short sword um, and a scabbard. Um, she um, has a pouch full of money. Um, this is a lot more money. Um, so when you're ready, I'll tell you how much money it is. Dude. The suspense is killing me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you find 32 copper, 28 silver, 145 gold, Ooh. and 49 platinum. Ooh. Wow. Ooh, cha-ching. She also has a pack on her back. And as you're kind of going through the pack, um, you find things like rope, you find a, a lantern, that kind of thing. You also find a like a roll of thieves tools as you open it up. It looks like they're very well made. This is actually plus one thieves tools. Um, I'll just tell you that they're high quality enough that um, for somebody who knows how to use thieves tools, these will actually give you a plus one bonus to any thieves tools check. Joff will yoink them and have um, Gigi eat them. I will just say, we'll just say, if you have them on you, Gigi gets the plus one bonus. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just am, am imagining Gigi like picking out the tools with her tongue and like using them to. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, okay. I was thinking like Kirby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Most interestingly, in my opinion, in the pack, you find a red crystal, much smaller than the bomb that was underneath Eberly Manor. This red crystal is the same size and shape as the sending stone, the cell stone that Nari has that communicates with Kira. This stone is also mm. a... Uh, not a bright red like it's active, but you can tell that it has power in it to use the spell. It is not the dusty red that it gets after it's been used. So there is a sending stone. You don't know what it's connected to, and it is ready to be used. Ooh, I'll pocket that for later. All right. Can I get those, those money numbers one more time? None of us wrote them down. I got 49 You're platinum. You're going too fast, Paul. 49 platinum. Yeah. 145 gold. Okay. 28 silver. Okay. 32 copper. Okay. All right. I'll text you guys in a sec. Perfect. Awesome. So now you guys are in the, um, in the old, um, the old, uh, customs house. Um, and you have these two fallen heaven operatives that are still unconscious. You see Thilo starts to pace. Um, Bordemus and Nilla are kind of, um, consoling each other, just kind of like Nilla has calmed down now and they're just kind of talking together in hushed tones. Aliyah Brava's body lies dead um, in the middle of the room. Ebby is still keeping watch, I take it? Oh, most definitely. Like a champ. Like a champ. All right. So what do you guys want to do? Because these Fallen Heaven operatives are going to stay unconscious for at least another couple of hours unless somebody wants to wake them up. 
Are we worried about Aaliyah Brava's people being able to track her body somehow? I was... You can make an Arcana check. Yes, let's do that. Pine rolled a 17. Evie rolled an 11. Okay. Uh, Pine, you have heard tell of um, of people being, uh, you can, like, it's, it's possible to track people, um, and it's also possible to track objects. But one thing that you, somewhere you picked it up, I don't know, with your 17, you picked this up somehow. You were talking with somebody who um, used to do kind of like uh, tracking of people, and uh, they mentioned uh, somewhere along the line that if the person is dead, the spell doesn't work anymore. You can't track the person because now they're just a body. They they have they are no longer a person. They are an object. Okay. How far away is the old customs house from the water? I think Pine is going to recommend dumping the body. So would locate object work? Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that was terrible. No, it's... Isn't that a lower level spell? Isn't it easier to track with, <laughs> once they're dead? Um... <laughs> I mean, with your iconic check of 17, you imagine that's a possibility. Um, however, sometimes that might not be, I, I don't know, people might not think to cast locate object. I'm actually going to go on, I'm going to go out and say locate object is specifically for like, like objects. I don't know. I mean, I was just joking. I, I'm sorry. No, no, it's, it's fine. It also, it's fine. it wouldn't have been an object when you put the spell on. Like, well, well the spell can be cast. The spell can be cast, and then if you get close enough, then you get a ping, and it tells you where that object is. Gotcha. So, um, but the no, the the water is literally like thirty feet from the front of the customs house. What, what do you say? Should we should we dump the body? That, or I could burn it. I well, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be in, you know, this close to a roasting snake lady. <laughs> Well, I mean, we could set her on fire and then leave. Unless you want to stick around. Well, we do have our hostages. When you say that, Nilla says, no, we can't burn this place. We can't risk burning this place. This is a temple to those who have fallen. Well, is there like a big fireplace? We could just stuff her in there and I could light it on up. <laughs> um, as you look around... As you look around the building, you see a lot of like old broken furniture and doors and stuff. And if there was a fireplace, it's since caved in and fallen over. Um, there's rubble everywhere. So there's debris everywhere. <laughs> rubble, rubble. <laughs> there's rubble, rubble everywhere. Jeff is grabbing the rope out of that woman's pack and tying a a large chunk of rubble to a Leah Brava. Okay. Yes, I suppose... It is a deep lake, after all. So we'll use that to our advantage. Wah, wah. <laughs> you have to cut her open and put the rocks on the inside, or else the gases will make her rise to the top really quick. Have you done this before, Nari? <laughs> you know, <laughs> once well, or twice. That's why I was tying a boulder to her to keep her down. Right, but you have to cut someone open and put the boulder inside, or else the gases, it will build up, and they'll just balloon up too fast. Oh my. That is fascinating. Joff raises an eyebrow at <laughs> Nari. <laughs> Nari has a criminal background. Like that's your that's your background, right? So that's something that you sure yeah. you would know. With not yeah, that no. you had done it, but you know, it's it's knowledge you've gleaned somewhere. I'm just saying this is a I've heard it a time or two. <laughs> it's, it's strangely specific, Nari. Are you sure you uh <laughs> 
You haven't done this before then, huh? I'm just saying that would be the best way to make sure she doesn't just pop back up in the next day or two. Okay. Joff <laughs> is going to cut her open and start putting rocks inside. Ooh. Okay. Well, no hesitation at all. Just <laughs> right to it. Oh, gosh. Wow. You open her up and then it opens up like Temple of Doom and all the little snakes come out. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that does not happen. <laughs> that does not happen. I apologize for that visual, everybody. Um, okay, yeah, you start to shove rocks into Aaliyah Brava's body. I'm guessing Nari's going to help you because this was her idea. So whether she wants to or not, Nari's helping you do this. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair. I imagine right. she's giving me pointers on how to do it while we're going. <laughs> yeah, so Thilo actually goes and leaves this section of the building and goes to another section. And actually, eventually, then Nilla um, comes over and starts helping shove rocks into uh, Aaliyah as well. As Bordemus looks on. Wow, this is taking a long time. And three of you, wow, that's a lot of rocks. <laughs> Shove those rocks in there. Shove them. <laughs> All right. Um, Ebby's like contemplating. He's like, do you ever wonder if maybe we're on the wrong side of this whole conflict? <laughs> that's what I've been saying. No, it's like, what, what's that? It's like, wait, are we, are the, we baddies? the baddies? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So she is as full of rocks as you're going to get her. Um, <laughs> oh, this episode. I just want to apologize to everyone. If you've made it to episode 34 and now you're listening to us describe shoving rocks into a half snake woman, I'm sorry. Um, this is where the this is where the story, uh, where the adventure goes. So, all right. So, um, so here's so here's the deal, guys. Is that like I you know content warning, all that stuff. Our characters are much more somber than the players are right now. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's <sighs> then that's a very good point to make. We are joking around about this, but there is no laughter going on in this building. Uh, in fact, there are some tears. No, we're only joking around because we're really uncomfortable with it. <laughs> <laughs> this was not my idea. I'm just rolling with it, guys. This is my world. Um, you guys just live in it or whatever. So, no, <laughs> so Pine Pine will, will, will say to Ebby, well, I, I think... I think we're ready to dispose of her body. Let us know when the coast is clear. All right, we'll do. Abby goes out and kind of peeks her out through the cracks to kind of just check to make sure everything's a coast is clear. Why don't you make another perception check? Ooh. Uh, 13. Um, you look left and right. I'm going to describe the scene a little bit more just for fun. Um, basically straight ahead from the front of the building, there is that long dock that I had mentioned earlier. Um, and then a little bit north of the dock, there is an old crane, uh, that was probably used to, um, load and unload things off of, uh, ships. Um, it is, it looks like it's been unused obviously for like five years and it is in bad disrepair. There are some old crates and barrels and things that are south of the dock. Um, and then there's just kind of debris everywhere. Um, there's a couple other buildings here close to the old customs house. It looks like they're actually um, um, in a little bit better shape than the old customs house, but um, it looks like the coast is clear. It looks like we're clear. Nari will heft her body, which is very heavy at this point, then kind of drag her out of the building and uh, as quietly as possible, kind of toss her in the river. Or in the lake. Lake, yeah. Are you going to take her down on the long dock or are you just going to drop her right here by the uh, by the edge of the pier? Oh, no, I'm definitely taking her down as far down the dock as possible, but also as quietly throwing her in. Pine will accompany her so she's not going out there alone. Okay, wh- okay so then here's the deal. I want um, some stealth checks as you guys are trying to be kind of nonchalant and sneaky about 
going out there to toss a body. Let me make a quick say. What'd you guys get? Nari rolled a nine. I okay. rolled a twelve. Ooh. Wait, why am I not doing that part? Um, you're not strong enough to carry a body. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. not a body full of rocks for some reason. All right. And he's the king. He's not going to dirty his hands. That's that's you know, peasant work. <laughs> the funny thing is, the funny thing is is that I'm not smart enough to realize about the whole gases and everything. So I would have just let the body sink to the bottom with a rock tied to it anyway, but um I'm glad that you know your stuff, Sabrina. Listen, <laughs> true pipe True crime podcast, or just oh gosh, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe the trout in this lake are especially voracious. Oh, piranha trouts! <laughs> yes, yes, maybe they're mutated sea bass. Nice. Okay, yeah, you guys go out onto the dock um, with your nine and your twelve stealth. You know, the wood on this dock is you know it hasn't been like uh, replaced or anything for a long time. Nails have been like popping up, so every once in a while a board will squeak really loud. There's a couple places where boards are missing, um, and so you kind of have to hop. And it's it's I mean it's pretty obvious that you guys are going out onto this dock, and then you get to the edge and you drop Aliyah Brava in the dock. Just so you know, goes probably about forty feet out from the pier. Um, so from the edge of the house all the way out to the edge of the dock is probably about 70 to 80 feet from the front of the, of the customs house to the end of the dock. As we're doing that, Pine will whisper to Nari and say, now remind me again why we care if they find the body or not. I think that the less evidence we have of any sort of problems, the smoother things will go for us. I wouldn't want them to find a, a dead body immediately and be on the alert while we're still in town. That's true. That's true. All right. <laughs> quick, quick side note. You guys have seen the Bo Burnham inside special thing, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I've seen it probably too many times. This whole time, all I can think of is the one song that's like, and that's how the world works. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the world works. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. That's so funny. All right. Okay. You guys come back to the old customs house. So here is what I'm going. I'm going to give you a couple of options right now. Um, hanging out here with these two unconscious fallen heaven soldiers. You guys can take a short rest if you want to, to regain some skills, maybe burn some hit dice, that kind of thing, um, and wait for them to wake up. Or you guys can jump right in and wake them up. Or you guys can leave and go somewhere else. Um, at this point, um, this seems like a fairly safe place in the city. Yeah, I feel like here is as good as any, right? I think we might as well try to question them here and then go from there. No reason to drag them or through the city. Yeah. As it relates to a short rest... Um, I'm fine to just go ahead and jump into the interrogating unless other people would like to have a quick, a quick breather. I'm good. I think, I think Nari <laughs> is the only one I who mean, really needs yeah, a rest. After Pine healed me, I'm doing okay. So I'm, I'm okay. If, well, what about uh, like skills and stuff? What about like your, uh, your special abilities and things? Oh yeah. No, I did kind of tap that out. Do those come back short or long? Um, let's see. Uh, some of them are short. Yeah, no, they're they're short. Yeah. So I would take that. Okay. So, I mean, if you guys just want to kind of take like an hour before you guys start questioning, then we'll let Nari have a short rest. I don't know. Pine is very nervous about sticking around. We can go somewhere else, but I, I don't know where we would go. Now that Leah Brava is gone, 
Pine is going to change his clothes. Oh, Ebby okay. might go ahead and put clothes on. <laughs> now, been out here naked as a jaybird this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to be covering up your wicked awesome skeleton bones. They are pretty rad. He's going to just keep that on underneath forever, though. <laughs> I think Nari's right. going to keep on her costume since she has armor underneath it. And also, it's still technically the holiday. Yeah. Joff is taking off his outfit because it's probably covered in blood from that crazy thing we just did. Yeah. That's why you wear yeah. black. It covers all all stains. <laughs> Uh, Nilla goes over to like a, a pot, a basin of water that she has there, and she starts like scrubbing her hands and arms clean. Um, she does that for minutes at a time. Um, Thilo comes back into the room now that Aaliyah is gone, and you have okay. After about an hour, Nara, you get your uh, you get your uh, your skills back that you had burned through. And what's up? If we wake them and they're tied up, they will be more likely to be hostile. And we have allies in Fallen Heaven. I, I don't know if that's the I don't know if that's the right move. I mean, I think they're gonna figure out pretty quickly that we were the ones who brought them into this situation, but um but yeah, I, I agree that I don't want to make anybody more upset than they already are. Yes, we probably don't need any more enemies than we already have in the city. I would say, of course, you know, remove any weapons from them, but we probably don't need to have them bound up and, and gagged. I mean, if we're going to attempt to reason with them, maintain our relationship with Fallen Heaven, then I agree. Uh, we've already taken, uh, Thilo and I have already taken all of their weapons and things, so uh, we can untie them and try to wake them up, or maybe, maybe one at a time. Which one was the leader? The woman. Uh, I think her name was Phyla? It was... Oh, it, well, you can ask her. Feline. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> yes, Feline. Yeah, she is a... Uh, she's got pointed ears. She's got, like, tattoos on the left side of her face. Um, she's wearing, like, leather with uh, kind of fur on it. It's not from around here. Um, yeah. And she is, uh, she was the leader. So are you guys going to wake her up? Fair warning before we wake her up. She is, she would consider herself a patriot. But she's a zealot and a terrorist. It may not be possible to reason with her, but we'll try. I still don't think that we aren't zealots and terrorists for what we just did. That's true. It's a, it's a fuzzy line. Joff is still holding some rocks. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to stuff these guys too. That's how the world works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just waiting for somebody to wake up one of the people and we can get yeah, started. Nari will come up and um, slap slap the leader around. Is she still tied up or is she untied? <laughs> I, oh, untied I thought her. we untied her. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you uh, you slap Feline and her eyes like kind of like uh, they flutter and she kind of shakes her head a little bit. She says, what? Where? Oh, where am I? Uh, and then she looks around the room and she sees you, Nari, and she says, oh, you. And she tries to rise, but she's still incredibly weak. Yeah, sorry about that. 
She spits back, are you? Look, I appreciate your passion, uh, but I don't think that was the right move. And we had to stop you at that moment. I am on your side, though. I would love to kind of learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing and see how we can work together instead of fight. She kind of uh, crab walks backwards into like the cor- the back corner so she can have like a wall behind her on both sides so she can kind of narrow um, the view of the room kind of for protection. But she's still not able to like stand. She says, you want to learn from me and you attacked me and you stopped what I was going to do? Well, what you were going to do was going to cost the lives of hundreds of innocents. The very people that fallen heaven is supposed to be trying to liberate. Hundreds of innocents, I would put it at 30, maybe 40, tops. And all of those very important people in there, all of those soldiers, all of those politicians in there, lords and ladies, even even an adjudicator was in there. I just found that out today. What luck. And then you guys stopped me. I think your estimate is low. There were far more than 30 innocents at that, at that gala. Anyone who was there at that gala as a guest is not innocent. We were there. Joff looks at the blood on his hands. <laughs> and so you could have endangered us and we're pretty valuable to the mission if I do say so myself. You have proven to be anything but valuable to my mission. To that point... Well, tell me a little bit more about that. What, what's your mission? Yes. My, my mission was to wreak havoc on the Empire. To upend the balance here in Arkelvi. To try to help it liberate itself. Ah. Uh, and who gave you that mission? Who are you working with? Fallen Heaven. And who within Fallen Heaven gave you this directive? It was my plan. Ah, I see. Well, if I may offer perhaps a word of advice. Uh, When you have a hive of bees and it gets infiltrated with wasps, you can either figure out a way to get the wasps out or have the bees isolate and kill the wasps themselves, or you can smack the entire hive with a stick. That latter option usually goes poorly for you. And what you were planning to do, frankly, was going to smack the entire city of Arkelvy with a large stick. If anything, it would vilify you and the resistance against the Empire. I disagree. There are a few here in town who would see what I did as too much. And yet there are so many more here in this very city that remember how far the Empire is willing to go. And she kind of looks around the room and she goes... Are we, are we on the pier right now? This place is literally evidence of the empire's injustice. So yes, some servants would die and that would be sad. But the rich and the powerful here in Arkelvi are either imperial or they are with the empire. And their deaths would be, would be, would be good for the resistance. Am I wrong? Fortunately, your plan is has failed, and so we don't even have to worry whether or not it would have worked, because, well, we're never going to know now. Um, 
if if I'm being honest, I think that your heavy-handed approach would have been tantamount to well, a crime against humanity or humankind or those that are kind of like humans. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like humans. Um she says uh maybe to some, yes, to some I can't please everybody, but I feel that my mission would have would have been more, more than made up for any any blowback for the lives lost. You keep calling it a mission and saying that you're working for Fallen Heaven, but we're with Fallen Heaven and they did not know of your plot until very, very late. And we didn't know of it until the last second. Who do you work for in Fallen Heaven? My sister Kira is the one that sent us the message. The White Widow, right? Isn't it the White Widow? Yeah, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I have written here in a note, if anybody mentions Kira, you see that Feline, she gets kind of reverential a little bit. She says, Kira, yeah, the White Widow. She's your, your sister? Yeah, she's my sister. And you almost killed me tonight. I was at that gala, along with my friends, working on our own mission, our own objectives. And had you been successful, you would have killed me and my friends. Well, Andrew and I... our mission, <laughs> which was a real mission. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, well, the, our mission involved tactics and strategy. And panache, if I might say. Whereas yours was a giant explosive that would have destroyed everything. <laughs> she says, your sister is Kira. I... I believe that Kira would see things my way. She warned us for a reason, though. Nari, you remember that the warning was specifically stay away from Emberly Manor. It was not, uh-oh, watch out, there's going to be a bomb. It was stay away from Emberly Manor. Take that as you will, but that was the warning. Either way, whether or not Kira might approve of your antics hypothetically you still put us in danger we barely like at the last second got word of this plot it was dangerous and foolhardy and even though it did work out this time and she might agree with your your feelings it's too dangerous and it was needed to be stopped ebby's gonna kind of walk up to her and he's gonna he's gonna say now Look, and what was your name again? I'm Feline. Right, Praline. What we need to, what you need to understand here is if, if the objective, if it was worth all of the collateral damage to take out one or two high profile individuals, uh, you mentioned the adjudicator, we are your people to help kill adjudicators. It's kind of our thing. We love doing that stuff. <laughs> Perhaps there's a way that we could, you know, collaborate. She says, she goes, you're still not seeing the big picture. It's not just about the governor. I mean, the new Magister of Tabory was here in town too. It's not just about an adjudicator. The people here in Arkovi who side with the empire, who are willing to break bread and have festivals and parties with imperial officers 
are Imperials themselves, and they do not deserve our quarter. If you kill everyone who has dealings with the Empire in Arkelvi, then Arkelvi will be completely devoid of any citizenry when you're done. These are the people you should be attempting to win over. These are the people with influence. These are the people with resources. And you're not going to win them over through terror. They'll be more afraid of you than the Empire. They'll go to them for security. They'll retrench. We can win them over. Exactly. Don't don't become the monster. Make them the monster. Make the Empire the monster. But don't don't become the thing that galvanizes them against against resisting the Empire. Do you know what we've been able to do without blowing up city buildings? What? When was the last time you heard any news of the of the Chancellor? She thinks about it for a second. Chancellor Chancellor Ramsey? Yes, Chancellor Ramsey. I don't know. I, my mind has been on this mission. Without a drop of innocent blood, he is now in the hands of fallen heaven. Your mind suddenly goes back to artists. <laughs> <laughs> Without a drop of innocent blood on our hands. Yes. We directly didn't shed any innocent blood. It's a subtle difference. There's a little difference there. Yes, there's a little difference. You need to remember who it is you're fighting for. Arkelvi is its citizens. And yes, some may, be, may have been led astray, and others may have collaborated out of necessity for their own livelihood. But that doesn't make them not citizens of Arkelvi. It makes them the very people you're fighting to convince, to bring into your movement. Win their hearts and give them hope, and you'd be surprised how much more effective that is. And a little bit of strategy. And fire. Lots and lots of fire. <laughs> and a dash of panache. Yes. And an axe. <laughs> and my axe. <laughs> okay, you guys have made some very good arguments um, for Feline. So what I want you guys to do is, as a group, I want you to do a group persuasion check. So one person make the persuasion check with advantage. Oh, I'm pretty persuasive. I feel like Pine is the guy for this. All right, Mr. Pine. Oh, geez. I shouldn't. Okay, now it's all on me. Ready? Yeah. That's an 18. That's an 18. Nice. That is a good roll. It could have been a lot worse. (laughs) As you guys have been talking to her, talking to her about like the citizens of Arkelvy and that's who they need to be winning over and all that, you can see her shoulders slump and slump and slump and slump and... Eventually, she kind of bows her head. And as you kind of deliver that kind of that last line, she shakes her head and she says, I still think, I still think my plan would have worked. And I still think that the White Widow would approve. But, but you do speak, you do speak sense. Feline, you were able to infiltrate the catacombs directly under Ebony Manor with a contraband crystal technology weapon. Yes. If you can get there, you could have gotten into the manor itself. You could have had a much more focused approach. Instead of one big grand gesture, your, your efforts, your energy could have, been, could have been more targeted. And that is what will strike fear into the empire. That's having an enemy that knows how to infiltrate, having an enemy that knows how to think. 
she kind of stops talking a little bit and you can see that she's wheels are turning. She's uh she's definitely trying to process what you guys are saying. Um Abby, make a perception check real quick. Ooh, aye, aye Captain. You, you know what? Make it with disadvantage because you were a big part of that conversation. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> oh, a six. Okay. We are so getting ambushed right now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> as as you guys are kind of finishing up the conversation, um, Bordemus steps forward and he says, well, uh, now what? What do we do? Uh, you know, we have the Wilted Rose here and our infrastructure might remain intact, but we could use some leadership. Well, Bordemus, I think you also have a, a new contact with Fallen Heaven here as well. He looks over at Feline and she stares daggers at him. <laughs> okay, because they fought each other. <laughs> yeah, he goes, "Yeah, that that relationship might might need some some time." Feline, meet Nilla. She's nice. <laughs> Ignore the blood all over her clothes, though. <laughs> Actually, she's not bloody anymore. Um, she's soaking wet though from like washing her arms and her hands and everything. Um, and she kind of uh, she kind of stands up. Um, you can see her, her like put on airs again, like how she would be in her, you know, in the, in a fine establishment. And she, <clears throat> she clears her throat a little bit and she walks over to Feline and holds out her hand and says, it's a pleasure to meet you. I am Nilla, the Wilted Rose, and I would love to work with you. At this point from outside, Ebby, suddenly your head whips around as you hear a voice call out. It is a deep voice. And it says, you in the old customs house, I declare you traitors, enemy combatants to the Almerian Empire, and I pronounce the judgment of death upon you. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. Ooh, it's go time. <laughs> did, it, did it happen to sound like a seven foot tall guy with a big axe? No, no, it sounded more like a seven and a half foot tall guy with a big axe. Uh. Ah. <laughs> all right you guys hey thanks for playing uh that was a fun one lots of um ugh, content murder? warnings and there's a lot of murder <laughs> in that one murder and we learned a little bit about what dead bodies do when they drop them in the water that kind of thing <laughs> my mind kept going back to um big trouble in little china um with the uh that what is it the hell of the upside down sinners or whatever um, i don't oh. know if anybody gets that reference but i was thinking once they get under the water and they swell up with gases i was thinking of thunder one of the three storms <laughs> you, were thinking, <laughs> you were thinking of big trouble little china too i was fantastic oh that's awesome it's like we're brothers or twins <laughs> anyway thanks for listening everybody we hope you're enjoying what's going on uh sounds like something big is about to happen next episode so stay tuned and until then have a great time <laughs>